Welcome to Rewrite the Mother Code, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves. Through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences, we're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way that you never have before, but have always needed. It's time to rewrite the mother code. Well, here we are. I have this wonderful opportunity to, again, have on the show uh, Kelly Namero. Actually, Kelly, I think it was you and your husband. Is this my first time having just you? I think it was actually yes. just me last time, even was though okay. Kim so and I were in head Chad. Yeah, right. we I've been on yours and Chad's podcast, so I, I just yeah. got them confused. But anyway, okay. Well, welcome back, Kelly. I'm Thank thrilled you. to have you here today. Thank you for having me again. I really appreciate it. And we're going to have you back on my show and talk all things mothering. So I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I'll I'll give a couple highlights, but I highly recommend going back and listening to Kelly's previous episode because I don't remember details, but I remember feeling like just warm and good. And you just bring such light and wonderful things to the table that we get to dig into again today. But let me say a couple things official, the formal things about Kelly. So Kelly is a entrepreneur, has a woman-owned business, wellness by Kelly. Dot com. Oh, not dot com. Wellness by Kelly, but there's dot com and there's at wellness by Kelly, but certified holistic health coach, just a huge wealth of experience in empowering women to take control of their health and well being, which, as we will probably dig into some here too, she has done amazingly for herself, which then led her on this path of doing this for other women. So thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have experienced your warm, compassionate approach, which creates a safe and supportive environment for your clients to explore their health goals and make lasting changes. You know, it's a a lot about and what you work with people on shifting their mindsets, improving their knowledge about their bodies. You've had a huge impact on countless women. So that's really, really beautiful work. And thank you. And I know I said, let's just kind of dig into where you're at because I think we got some of your previous journey and how you got to be doing what you're doing in our last episode. So in this one, I definitely want to make sure we're kind of just with you right now, in the here and now, present with Kelly. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me again. And I'm really happy to be back and to be able to chat with you and kind of catch up on things and life and to Mm -hmm. talk to the audience about how things kind of can shift and change. Because I don't know, for a really long time, I was one of those people who believed that when you have a career, even though I left a career in marketing, where I was marketing for gaming and casinos, which is how I started my whole career, into building a company focused on wellness, I thought to myself, okay, well, then like this is it for the rest of my life. This is how it's going to look and Mm -hmm. this is what it's going to be. And it's just so crazy how as we shift and change through different seasons of our life, how it's always going to look different. And we have to let go of the expectations that it's going to look the same because I feel like that's one of the biggest things that has 
consistently shown up as a stressor for me when I have this expectation and I'm not meeting the expectation in the way that I want to meet it. And it's like, wait, let me let go of the expectation. So what I mean by that is I now have two young boys and now they are I hate to put it this way, but but the best way I can describe it is more than blobs. Like they have full blown personality. Right. They're three and one. And yeah. when I first started my career and started my company, my oldest was only th- three months old. And so he wasn't talking, he wasn't walking. He was kind of just snoozing in his little swing while I took clients. And now it's like my heart wants to be with him and his younger brother all the time. On top of that, And I think this will be kind of an interesting topic for us to get into. Since I last saw you, my husband and I have gone through two miscarriages. Oh, wow, wow, Kelly. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. And I think that like the divine timing of it all will happen. But something my heart has been saying to me since the first miscarriage, which was in May of this year, stop, like slow down, take a break, take a pause with work. And I'm so lucky to have the capacity to be able to do that with all of the success that we've generated over the last three years to be able to take a step back and take a pause and focus on nourishing yourself, mothering yourself and mothering these boys. And that doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. I'm shutting everything down. We're still going to have our membership and our course, but it means that I'm not privately coaching clients, which is really the biggest time like I'm giving my energy to, you know? And so it has been a long time coming and I really feel lighter in the decision. And so it feels really good. And I think that what was so scary about it was that I didn't know what was going to be on the other side of it. I still don't know. I may just total honesty, I may not ever have another baby. And, but like the hope and the the desire is that in this process, I will nourish myself to a place where that possibility is is yeah, there. So. Opens up more space for that. Yeah. Well, there was a lot in everything. A lot, I give you a lot of info. <laughs> well, I know. And it's, there's, like I said, you know, there's vulnerable pieces to it. And I feel like there's so many things around how we are in our culture, around all the things that you talked about that I think we can dig into. And, but one of them, I'll just say is miscarriage, right? It's like, oh, that's my problem. It's like, we'll just move on. And that's something I would love to have much more spotlight on, you know, that it is a thing that women go through in a family. I mean, you and Chad, but, you know, particularly it's something that isn't spoken about or shared enough about and given kind of it's time to be with. And I know you enough to know that that is something you would have spent some time on. So it's still a thing, Ah. right? So we have just way too many, like, just, it kind of ties with what you're saying. It's like, it's okay, you know, keep going. Whether even if it's not about like the like, oh, you'll have a child in the end. It's just like get back up and in there as back soon as you can, course. right? Like it was just a little minor thing you went through. And I think that every single woman is going to handle it differently. Mm-hmm. One statistic that really shocked me that I was reading about that was that since the 1980s, miscarriage in parents who are planning a pregnancy, so two people who were trying to get pregnant has risen by 48% since the 1980s, which is such a crazy number. And like you said, what I think the issue is, is that it's still to this day, something that's kind of taboo to talk about. And I, 
understand why that is. Like when my first one happened, I didn't want to talk to anybody, like let alone talk about it. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to work. I was so heartbroken. Yeah, um, and that's it, right? Like it's okay to take that space, yeah. right? Whether it's talking about it or being in it, it's like you didn't want to, so you shouldn't have to, right? Right. We shouldn't have to feel like we either have to talk or we have to just yeah. get back to our life. Okay. And then, and so I feel like there was that piece. And I kind of thought to myself back, again back then that I was like, okay, I should take some space from work right now and give myself that. But then I had all of the background noise being like, mm. take more clients, get like, just get back into it. Like get back on the horse. Like, oh, you'll feel better if you're distracting yourself that whole deal. Like, okay, maybe I will. And what I will say about the pain and the grief is that it does not because of the way that I handled it, but Mm -hmm. it does soften over time. It doesn't become any less of a loss, but it does soften and you do start to feel like yourself again, which was a relief to me. But after the second one, it almost felt like this sign from the universe that was like, Mm -hmm. Kelly, you have to make a change. And until you make that change, like we're not going to allow the things that you want to call into your life because you don't have the space for them. So like I had gone from July having 10 clients to August having 30 clients again. And then that in September was when we had our second loss. And it it just felt like I didn't have the space. And so I, I had to take that moment and say, okay, what's the priority right now? Yeah. Versus I can have it all, all the time. Because I think that we're really conditioned in our society as American women to believe this myth that we can have it all, all at once. And we can have it all. And we can. But it's just not all at once. We have to prioritize. We have to have things that we're focused on, things that are important to us. And we move through those different seasons of our life. And then we focus on the next thing versus oh my gosh, I feel so overwhelmed all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do all of these different things and I'm not doing any of them well. No, here, here. And I I just really want to know, I got goosebumps when you were talking. So I'm like, that's when I know. There's like, yes, there's truth there, right? Like, And I'm hearing a lot about every woman has their own journey. And what we want to keep exploring and bursting open is that there's one right way to do it, you know, that do what our culture says or our family says, not what our body is telling us. It's like, oh, where are other places I can tune in? Those other ways aren't always working for me. And even as I keep shedding some of them or looking at things differently, what I love about hearing you talk right now is it's like, wait, maybe there's a message I'm not listening to. And, you know, we don't know for sure, but I'm going to go with that. Right. And I'm going to follow that. That feels right to me. That feels like that is... And yeah, is that going to lead to, you know, a pregnancy and a third pregnancy or not? (laughs) It matters, but it's not the whole point, right? The whole point is I'm practicing tuning into me and then we'll see what emerges. You know, what can I create in this space? And I'm saying yes to myself, as you've said, and we say so much like, what does it really look like to mother myself? And this is a way I want to show myself that I matter, you know, I'm going to care for myself in a little bit different way and, and where I get my value. Right. Because I think we're so wired to, well, look, I just went from 10 to 30 clients. Like, look at me. That was a lot of creation. Validation hundred percent. And I think that that's really what mattered to me 
for such a long time. And I ignored how I was feeling on the inside because I think a message that we're given is as we're growing up, and you can speak more to this than I can even, but as we're growing up, as we enter the workforce as women, is that like you are meant to serve everybody else before you serve yourself. And what that does is it disconnects you from your intuition and from mothering yourself and caring for yourself. And I feel like, to be totally honest, I've been in that place for quite a long time. And it got to a point where it felt like my insides were screaming at me, like, Mm. you have to do this. Like, you have to listen to us. And it didn't feel logical at all. Which I is a key, like, that's a key factor yeah. when we know we're in the feminine space. Oh, no logic. Okay. All Logical. right. And I yeah. feel like my husband will tell you like my energy just over the last, I don't know, five, six, 10 years, whatever, it has been more in the masculine. It has been more focused on building and logic and that like energy of like doing rather than that energy of just being. And so even my own business coach is telling me in my ear, but you have to keep with these many clients. And like, mm-hmm. even if you are going to slow down and like scale back, you can't just stop completely. Like you're not going to have enough revenue. And I'm hearing all of that. And all of that is very logical. And then my intuition, my gut, every time I'm meditating, every time I'm sitting in a dark room, every time I'm journaling, that internal piece of me is saying, don't stop take a step back. Like we've been telling you this for a really long time. And so I think that that piece for everyone who's listening and going through a big transition or change or has been through a big transition or change or feels like they keep getting that like hit from the universe, it's not going to feel logical. And I think what we crave oftentimes as women is the sense of control and wanting to what the outcome on the other side is. And for me, that part is the most scary of all of this is like, I have no idea. I could come back in February and be like, I want to coach again. And like, that's the clarity that I got from it. Mm -hmm. But I could come back and be like, I don't ever want to do this again, or I want to build a completely different arm of a business, or I want to completely, I have no idea. And all I can do is be in trust and trust more. And that has been so hard for me, but Mm -hmm. also what is so necessary to this whole situation. Well, and I just want to congratulate you for for doing it, you know, Kelly. And it's, I think it is something you've kind of known was in the, in the atmosphere and kind of coming, but not quite surrendering, you know, choosing to fully surrender to it at this level. So I'm not saying congratulations flippantly, like it's a big deal. And everything that you're saying, because we've been so cut off, you know, generationally and for thousands of years, honestly, you know, from seeing the power in women's intuition and in, and not just women, but that feminine value, that space, like, you know, it's, we're just inundated with the logic, the doing, the building, the productivity And, you know, more, 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 more of that. And that can be fun. But I think when we sit back and realize that's fun, but whoa, look at the fun. And I'm using the word fun, you know, not lightly, but look at the the possibilities when I do open myself up to what's actually more me, right? What's more home. I mean, you took a big step here, but some, it can be like baby steps to go in there and 
And I will un- say that like before taking this big step, it was baby steps for me. Yes. Was creating the boundary of my mornings are for me to do yoga, to do the sauna, to do a workout, whatever it is. Like that is for me. And like that is pleasure and enjoyment and fun for me. And Mondays and Fridays are for my kids. And like those days, I don't take clients or see anybody because those baby steps before I took this big, huge leap into this space. Definitely like it was not just like all of a sudden I flipped a switch and like- No, exactly. Like I was like, go, 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 like fully in it. No, I'm so glad you brought that up because then you see that breaks down some beliefs and it's like, oh, I can do this. And I there's positive things about this space. And something I had to watch out for when I've been taking baby steps or experimenting with this, and I did a productivity fast one time, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like literally, like, and it was literally for like a day, right? Or a couple of days where it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to like take care. It's like, no, cut yourself off from productivity, but just how much chatter there was. Like, what's productive? Like, am I doing these days of productivity fast so I can be more productive (laughs) at the other side? You know, it was just mind blowing to see how ingrained. And so it was useful just for that reason, right? To just notice Really fast or do step away from something that we consume a lot of just to see how our beliefs and how we operate in that, in that atmosphere. And I just would laugh at myself, you know, through the time and just what it takes to just enjoy some moments just because, because they're there. Yeah. No other reason. Like this is kind of maybe how we're supposed to be at times. I have taken like multiple big social media breaks over because that's like my platform of where I like drive clients. And so kind of the same way of of you doing a productivity fast, I would just literally delete the app for like six weeks and prove to myself that like everything was still going to be okay. Even if I was there when I came back to it, yeah, the platform. And now it feels like today, for example, haven't been on there at all. And like, I probably won't go on there for the rest of the day. And it feels that's what feels intuitive. That's what feels right in my body. And the only way that I was able to do that, just like we get addicted to productivity, we can get addicted to social media, we can get addicted to busy work. And we look at those things, I think, as forms of addiction that like aren't bad or like right. they're not alcohol or they're not right. food or they're not drugs. Like they don't hurt us, right? Yes. Like they're just, oh. And we're kind of like, we're, it's kind of a combination of like badge of honor and like, oh, I know it's too much, but like- Really, I'm a warrior. I'm the one that's like going to get out on the uh, like other end, like higher than everybody else. And the reality is, like, no, you're not. You're absolutely like, even for me, I I can see it in my lab work. I can see it in my symptoms. It's like I feel overwhelmed. I feel anxious. I feel like my digestion is not good. I'm Mm -hmm. bloated. I'm reactive with my kids. I yell, and like that is not the person that I want to be or show up as. Not even just for them, but for myself. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be that way. And if being booked back to back to back means that that's how I show up, then I have to take a look at what's actually important in this season of life, which is kind of how we started this whole conversation. Absolutely. Reprioritize. Yeah. Well, we got on this tangent <laughs> when I congratulated you, which I still am going to continue to, right? Because the other word that comes up, you know, so much in our culture, like, oh, you're just being lazy. Yes. Right? Like the minute you're like, And I think, I don't know that it happens as much when someone decides like, I'm going to focus on 
my job of mothering at home, you know, like that mothering myself, mothering my kids, stay at home mom, if we're how most refer to it. I don't know that like the word lazy comes up there, but there probably is some layer of judgment in that, in the back of our minds. It's like, oh, you're taking the easy way out or you're just not as tough or meanwhile, it's not. I mean, that's a separate topic, but breaking this belief, like these are the codes, you know, that we want to keep busting open. It's like totally far from lazy. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March, 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather, if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico, Zihuatanejo, meaning land of the goddess women, and coming to really take time for yourself, okay? And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if the idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. Not even thinking about myself, but like for my own clients who have a really hard time with resting or caring for themselves Mm. or saying no to things, I often will ask them, Look at somebody in your life that does these things. We'll go and get a massage once a month or we'll take the time to work out every day and ask for help from their spouse or whatever it is that you want to call into your life. Are you judging those people for 
taking care of themselves? Do you think they're lazy? Do you think they're selfish? Do you think that they are vain, that it's too expensive, whatever it is? And then ask yourself, is that true? And where did I learn that? And what I have to believe about myself to be able to hold the belief that I'm safe to care for myself. Because Mm -hmm. oftentimes the beliefs that we have and the judgments that we hold are learned so early on, as you know, in our childhood. And until we start to unpack that and ask ourselves, is that really true? We can't get past that limiting belief and do the thing we need to do to care for ourselves. Mm. Here, here. And I love what you're speaking to around the limiting beliefs because and how they're wired in. You know, we've talked a lot about culture, but our families are the biggest programmers into our psyches and into our beliefs and this mistaken belief. And I know that's something, and I'm not saying you have to go into detail about your family system, but I think you had kind of some of both, right? Like a dad, it was the kind of the like, yes, build, grow, and the doing really matters and, you know, how you show up in that way. And a mom who was, you know, much more that wasn't that. Like, I think she was a stay-at-home mom. Was she or did she work? No, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. But she still kind of carried that belief. That expectation of belief. Yeah. Of like, I'm busy all the time. You know, I go and I do my workout and then I go to the grocery store and then I'm like never actually like sitting down and like just relaxing. And I get it. As moms, even as stay-at-home moms, we're busy. We have stuff to do. We have. We also still deserve to care for ourselves and to have a moment of rest and to not be so scheduled back to back to back that you can't even get a glass of water or take time to eat lunch. And I can't tell you how often that that is something that I see from people that I work with, whether they're working or not. It's like, oh, I don't even have time to eat lunch. And it's like, why do you not care enough to nourish yourself and take care of yourself. But just to bring it back to like my parents, like my dad was out working. We would often like meet him out because he was growing his business, which now consists of like multiple casinos and hotels and resorts in Las Vegas. And so that was kind of where I learned it was like, if you want to be valuable, it's like the amount that you put in, it's about quantity, not quality my dad is very successful. And like, so it's, it's such a double edge sword. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like, when we think that's the only way, or what does that say about when I'm don't want to do those things, or I have ideas of, from maybe a more feminine come from that wouldn't include that. And, you know, and that is very vulnerable for us to just from an approval level from our parents, right? You know, as little kids, like that's what it's all about, right? And right. about our survival. And that doesn't go away easily. And, you know, when we're talking about these beliefs to break, those are really vulnerable, tender ones and kind of earth shaking, right? When you really do start breaking those beliefs or feeling like, oh, my own validation of myself is the most important. Yeah. You know, yes, it's nice to get from the outside, but you know, as kids, we just feel our survival depends on it. So we carry that later and we just feel like, oh my gosh, if I don't do that, I'll die. Right. I mean, it doesn't logically make sense, but it's that powerful. It really is. And what I'll tell you is that I think that because now as an adult, both of my parents for the last two years will tell me verbally, we think you're working too hard. Like you need to take a step back. Like you need to slow down. And 
that childhood limiting belief of watching their actions versus hearing their words now is still more powerful or for a long time was still more powerful than what they're actually saying to me now. Uh, It's so deeply ingrained in that it takes such a long time to recognize, to look inward and to see and to say, okay, I consciously want to change this pattern versus living in the old subconscious patterns that I've been in yeah. for the last decades. <laughs> well, ex- <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I know, you know, you've been working on this and it's a process. It's a journey. It isn't just oh, we wake up one day and we realize this, which is why I want to underline how important the awareness is, right? Just these awarenesses that we're talking about, then let alone, you know, work toward doing a different behavior and testing it. I remember the first time I got angry out loud because that was one of my beliefs, right? Like be a nice girl. Like you don't like yell about something or show the emotion of anger overtly. Passive aggressively, I was great. Still, (laughs) It still showed up. It just in a nice way, Kelly, you know, like it was, I was still nice. (laughs) Meanwhile, I mean, I really thought the sky would fall, right? If I did that. And then, you, you know, when you actually choose and step into some, an emotion that you haven't expressed before or behavior. And that's the data we need to start collecting. It's like, okay, well, nothing happened that time. Maybe I can try it again and we'll learn. Oh yeah. Well, some people do have a reaction, but am I dying? Right. Is anybody in danger? It's so important for the listeners. And that was why I wanted to like make that point of like, I didn't just make this choice to like take a step back from my greatest source of revenue (laughs) (laughs) overnight. Like it was months, maybe even years of building trust that I was safe in creating boundaries, in stepping back, in taking pauses, whether it was through the social media breaks, through blocking off my days and not letting people just look whenever they want. Like I remember moments when I first did that And I had clients who would be like, well, the only day that works for me is Friday. And I'd be like, it was so hard for me in that moment to say, well, if that's the only day that works for you, then like, I wish you all the best. And I hope you find somebody that works for you. And nine times out of 10, they would be like, oh, well, you know what? I can actually make Wednesday work. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Or I can feel safe in taking my mornings for myself. And like, just doing those things and creating those boundaries and seeing that I could trust that, like, Mm. like you said, I'm not going to die. Like my business isn't going to crash and burn just because I take care of myself. That is what allowed me to finally take a big leap and say, like, the worst thing is not going to happen. Yeah. Just because I do. Yeah. Here, here. You have to build that trust over time. Within yourself. Right. And that's who we're building it. That's the, again, like that's such a huge part of self-mothering is building trust within ourselves and trust that we'll be there for ourselves. And even if something kind of crashes and burns or I don't know, you know, on the outside kind of looks like a failure, like, oh my gosh, I did that. And I don't know, I can't seem to get clients again. I'm just making something up, you know, like, but I'm not making up our, what goes on in our head because that does. (laughs) And, oh, well, that did happen that we can, well, I guess I'll, I'll still be okay. You know, I've figured things out. I've done hard things. This isn't going to kill me either. There's just so much more expansive possibilities, I think. And I think, I don't know, I'm just going to say this out loud, even though I don't have the direct connection, but I'm going back to this being in the unknown 
And I think that's where the ties with this self-trust, right? Like I can trust myself to be in a space of not knowing and really not knowing the outcome, not being able to predict it. And I think as we get more and more in, well, I think we're going to realize, and I've had moments of this, I'm not saying I live there. It's like, wow, this actually really feels like home. Like this feels like me, this, oh, now I'm like back with myself. And, you know, and then the next few minutes I might get scared again, like, uh, you know, give me some control, (laughs) some control somewhere. So, you know, that process, but when we can touch it and acknowledge it and like, and not just have an old script, like, oh, this is just scary. It's so scary there. It's like, yeah. And, and it's also this, and I find great joy there too. Right. And like, I can look at what could potentially be positive. When I like to think about this, I feel like people like steps and they like, like, Mm -hmm. kind of like processes. And so when I think about, cause I used to want to control everything. I would control the, my food intake, my workouts, my, I would try to control my now husband. <laughs> like I would try to control every little piece of my life because I have so much fear around, well, you can't go on that trip with your friends because I don't know where you're going to be. And I don't know who you're going to be with. And it's like, or I, I need to control my food because I have so much fear around my body changing if I'm not in control of my food. And so I think that recognizing the need that you have for control, no matter what situation you're in, is is it a fear of something? Is it a need for perfection? What are the underlying reasons that you want to control whatever situation it is? And then starting to set realistic expectations with yourself that nobody can control everything Mm-hmm. And life is filled with uncertainties and kind of what you just said around, okay, when were times in my life where I didn't have control of a situation when I got pregnant with my first son, when I got pregnant with my second son, like, and the outcome was really positive. There are plenty of times where we don't have control that we can look mm-hmm. back to and say, oh, this was good. And this was good. And if I don't have control, there are still really good things that can happen. So I think that like, that's what starts to build the trust. So those like that two-step process of like, what am I afraid of? And then where has the positive things happened that I can actually build trust there? Right. And then that's giving, you know, those naysayer voices or the, you can't, or I don't believe you, or, you know, just the fear place in our brain, other data, right? Other voices, right? We don't have to get rid of those voices, but we, what I love what you're saying is we bring in the other voices, you know, ones that have a different perspective, one that remembers, one that has different data, you know, on, and it's like, well, see, let's all have the microphone here because we all have something to say and a valuable thing to say here. I think as human beings, we are hardwired to look out for what could potentially go wrong even more so in the time that we're living in now. So many of the women I work with, so many of the women I'm friends with, so many women who I know in my life are living in a consistent place of fight or flight. And so the Mm -hmm. desire for control is more heightened than I think it has been in previous decades because we are in that heightened fight or flight state. We're looking for all the little possibilities of danger because we are in overdrive all the time. We're trying to get so much accomplished, so much done. And so that puts our nervous system in a place where it is even more so looking for threat 
which drives us more into a place for control. And so if we can start to soften Mm -hmm. the ground to release some of the things that aren't necessarily a priority that don't need to be done right now, Mm -hmm. okay, when some of that stuff falls away, do you notice that the desire to need to control every little thing also starts to soften and fall away? And I will tell you, when I started working on grounding my nervous system, that was when I really started to be able to soften in other areas of my life. Oh, that's beautiful. As you were talking, Kelly, I was thinking about, I, and I don't think we've mentioned this one yet because you know we have the fears that our culture has put on us and that, but we've spent so much time in that arena that I think unconsciously there's this fear, like, like it's kind of like we know that we've been stuffing down, whether it's emotions or things, and suddenly this dam is going to burst. And if I give myself space and I don't have all that control, like, am I just going to be a puddle? You know, like you might be a puddle for a bit and you need to be right. We need to give ourselves space, puddle space, right? (laughs) Kind of like meltdown and not treat it so negatively. Like, oh my God, I broke down or that we could feel safe in our strong emotions and allow those. Cause I think that's so much also oftentimes what we're trying to control are those Sometimes they're big because we've kept tried to put a cork on the bottle, and sometimes they're big just because they're big. They're important, and yeah, and you're having a really big feeling about something, and and that's okay. And I, I think that as a generation, especially like my generation and the generation like below me, we have for some reason, and I don't know why this is. You may know, and maybe it's because of all of the things that we have to numb ourselves at this point, mm-hmm. but we have not learned the proper strategies to allow ourselves to emotionally process. Yeah. Because at every twist and turn, there's something there that we could potentially turn to, whether it's social media and scrolling or shopping or alcohol or food. And every time we turn to one of those coping mechanisms, rather than allowing ourselves to actually process the emotion and be the puddle, like we are pushing that emotion down until at some point it's going to get so big that you can't bear to manage the feeling anymore inside of you. And so, and rather than letting it get to that point, I know for a fact that when we allow ourselves to feel it, whether that's just sitting in our bed and just letting ourselves cry, because that's what I ended up doing after my miscarriage, which was something I would never do before. Mm -hmm. It was like, I have stuff to do. I got to get back to my life. I got to go. I got to go, go, go. I love hearing that you gave yourself that. Oh, it was really, really beautiful. And it was like, I literally just took a day off. It was a Friday. I took a Friday off work and I was like, I'm just going to give myself the space to feel all of this. And once I did that, my husband can attest to this. Of course, I was still sad. Of course, I was still upset. But I wasn't like on the verge of tears at night while I was washing my face or while I was like- Trying to let them like like leak out a little bit, right? Just push it down. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, that's just, that's huge, Kelly. And so important. Congratulations on that. Because that was a big step. That's a really big step. Because, I, you know, we're just in general so disconnected from our emotions and, and how you describe that. But let feeling them fully to completion, like riding the wave, give, riding the wave and cry, cry, cry. OK, nothing there for a while, but I'm still going to give myself this space and then whoop, another wave. Right. And oh, now I might feel angry. Like, yeah, I'm kind of pissed about this, too. Right. I'm 
So yeah, I'm going to let myself feel angry and scared and sad. And, and then it's okay. Then, you know, like, oh my gosh, now I feel a little joy, right? Like, well, I can't, that's not allowed. I just had this loss. It's like, no, that's going to be an outcome of this feeling so fully. And that you gave yourself that and open up that space. I just think it's beautiful. What a gift. Thank you. I I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just like the feeling of, I have a long ways to go, but it's one of those feelings of feeling like, wow, I feel like I've come a long way in being able to care for myself. And I do feel like the other day I told one of my clients who's been with me for three years, I let her know. I'm like, look, I'm going to take a break. Don't know how long it's going to be. Maybe forever, maybe for three months, but I've loved working for you. She started crying, not because she was sad that our coaching relationship was coming to an end, but because she felt like that gave her a permission slip to quit the job that she has been not liking for years. You're modeling. Yeah. And I just feel like when we are open and we can talk about this stuff and we can say like, yeah, I'm going to take care of myself. And like, this feels good. And I feel like I'm moving the needle forward in this area of my life. It gives other people the permission to do that themselves. And that's why I love so much the work that you do, because I feel like it gives women the permission that they really need and have needed for so long to be able to care for themselves. So. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And as you were saying that, I realized like, okay, what we don't always realize is rather than mothering ourselves being selfish or all those things that we're wired to believe they are, oh, you mean I'm modeling this for others and I'm you're mothering your clients by taking care of yourself? Like that's a big myth buster, <laughs> belief buster. And so, so, so cool and beautiful, right? Like, oh, well, if she can do that. Wow. Like maybe I could, or where do I need to look at something, you know, like that for myself? So that's huge. Yeah. Okay. This whole conversation is just a really an invitation for everyone to look inward at their life and say, hey, like what doesn't feel good right now? And how can I offer myself grace and compassion and maybe shift something that I haven't been enjoying or that feels heavy? And knowing that I can always come back to it. Yeah. That I can always change my mind because I feel like we feel like something once like yeah or something like that like we are bound to that thing forever and it's like no you have as a human being have the permission to change your mind and i think that that's super cool yeah i've recently adopted the in this realm of deciding and what gives us pleasure and really kind of been in this like what really gives me pleasure like what turns me on you know on all levels but one of i'm not at a total like fuck yeah you know like yes like this big resounding yes then it's no and that yeah. was hard. It's like, well, what well, it might be maybe, or yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, it's no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm not, you know, thank you, but no. And this and is I feel like that kind of- so much of that is in the pause that so many of us are unwilling to take because we're moving through life so quickly. It's like, oh, I got to just like do this and this and this. And then somebody comes in and asks you to do something. And it's like, do I want to do that? Would mm-hmm. that feel good for me? after I did that, is that, am I going to be happy with the outcome? Like actually pausing and asking yourself a question rather than just saying like, oh yeah. And then you have resentment and you 
feel fatigued and you're low energy and you're not sleeping well at night and all the things because you're saying yes to too many things that don't make you feel good. And so having that gentle pause before you respond to anything, I think is so powerful. Okay. Well, I would like to keep going, but we won't for now. But as as we know, if we're both at yes for doing this again, we will. But I'll, I'll ask one more thing after this. But I know you're not taking coaching, but you you still have a website yeah. where people can learn from you, and you've put things in forms that you know they can find out more and learn. Yeah. So, what are those? Because I'd love for people to to see you and the beautiful work that you do, and the ways that currently you're offering them. Thank you. I appreciate that. So we are just about to launch, probably whenever this comes out, some mini courses where are just focused on metabolism, digestion, thyroid, adrenals, meditation, and self-care. And so you can purchase them all six individually, or you can buy them all together as one big course. But that's a way it's like me talking to you the whole time. It's just self-guided. And so you get to choose rather than like being one-on-one with me in real life. You get to choose when you're listening to them, almost like you're listening to podcasts. And we also have our membership where people can come join the platform. We do a new recipe, a new workout, and a new meditation, all designed to help you to balance your hormones from a holistic perspective every single week. And then there's a huge content library that you can kind of roam through and use so that you can stay consistent with in my opinion, what are the practices that make me feel my best in my body? So those are the two ways that we still have ongoing. So thank you. For and asking. that's at your website, right? That's at, at wellnessbykelly.com. Yeah. Wellnessbykelly.com or at wellnessbykelly on Instagram, right? Are those your two main those are my two. Yep. Yeah. And they're so beautiful. I love when I come across you and I'm always <laughs> like, oh, so beautifully done and you know with such care and genuine and authentic so that's why i've continued to love our time together well i know you answered this the first time but anything out of today that you would say because i always ask the question what does rewrite the mother code mean to you but like you know out of our conversation what connections are you making to rewrite the mother code at this moment in your life how would you answer it like just you asking that question, like all of a sudden got me so emotional because, oh, sorry. No, um, well, remember? No, sorry. I love it. <laughs> it really feels like for the first time in my adult life, letting my intuition guide me. And that is how I want to not only mother my children, to allow them to be the most unique versions of themselves, because even at three and one, I see that and I want their intuition to guide them into the life that they want versus me, like forcing them to do a certain sport or forcing them to be more academic. If they're not like, I want their intuition to guide them. And I feel like for the first time in my adult life, like, yes, there have been little spurts, of course, like starting my company was, or leaving my old job was, but like, this feels like more of a I don't know the outcome. I don't know like, what's going to be on the other side. And there's so much scary on the unknown. And I'm still listening to that intuition. And like, that is what it means to me at this point in my life. So, oh, well, <laughs> you've teared me up too. <laughs> Thank you. And I will underline, I'm on a campaign for us apologizing when we have our feelings. So, I love, you know, I didn't mean to like cut you off because no, I, I just, it's so true. Right. We're, and I find, 
it's such a habit we all have and I celebrate it. I celebrate you. I celebrate that it's you're touching that space within yourself of seeing this value in your intuition and in, in what you're the choices you're making right now. And it's really, really so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much again for having me. This was such a pleasure. I love talking to you and I feel like it's so fluid every single time. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Rewrite the Mother Code. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included, to find it. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com and sign up for my newsletter. I'll see you next time. 